What's going on, quitters? Welcome to another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I am your host, comedian Max Allen. Today is January 21st, 2023. Happy Chinese New Year to all who celebrate. Uh, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's a great day today. Uh, I have a very special guest. You may know her as a comedian and the host of the new podcast, which records right here at my friend's basement studio, Worthless Clowns. Everyone give it up right now for Allie O'Neill. Hey, how are you? Good, What's going you on? I'm well. I really appreciate you uh, filling in for my other guests at, on such short notice. Yeah, of course. No, I'll always do a podcast, even if I'm the second, third, or fifth choice. You know what I mean? That's yeah. fine. <laughs> I always say, like, when it comes to booking guests on podcasts, comedians are there in an instant. You're like, uh, oh, yeah. I just want to do a podcast. And 12 people are like, me, right now. Me, 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 me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Musicians, kind of next step, because they get it. They're like, oh, yeah, this is like, comedy's a real thing. Anyone else who's not in those two categories is like, you're just dicking around on a microphone. I'll, oh, yeah, I'll do it. And then they bail on you yeah, yeah. very quickly. Wait, so. uh, you don't have to say the name of the person, but what was the, what do they do? The person who was supposed to be here. Oh, uh, it was Alden Skeetis. Oh, okay. Who I do want to have on because he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he just ended up getting, like, his work normally had him working till, like, 4. Mm -hmm. And then they had, they scheduled him till 8.30 last minute. So oh, he got, it was just, okay. like, a work thing. So. Yeah. Oh, it's, wow, a job problem. A job How problem. How perfect for this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Man, if you didn't have that job, you could be hanging out here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you could have been in this basement right now. Exactly. No, I, uh, yeah, I'll have him back on. Anyway. Yeah. Allie, how long have you been doing stand comedy? Uh, well, stand up, I've been doing probably it's going to come on like four years, but obviously there's been gaps because of like the pandemic and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, before that, did improv for like 10 years. What? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was so, it's like the most embarrassing thing about me. What the fuck? So, yeah. Okay, that's so, so long. I know. I did improv in high school because there okay. was like a high school improv group. Right. And then when I went to college, I was in the college improv group, which was like basically a frat. It was yeah. so weird because like we would go to like, um, we'd go to other colleges to do like improv festivals and competitions mm -hmm. and we'd be all like fucking each other and doing drugs <laughs> and like getting <laughs> fucked up. And then everybody else would be like Disney adults. Whoa, because that's like yeah. what improv that's college, like normally the, yeah. yeah. And so we'd be like, "Yeah, we're the fucking Pappy Parker players. We just <laughs> all fuck each other." <laughs> I remember one time we went to we went to Georgetown University mm -hmm. in DC, and we like these people let us like sleep on their floor. Mm -hmm. And then I remember I like fucked my boyfriend who was in the college improv group, like on. <laughs> <laughs> their living room floor <laughs> with my other improv people like around and sleeping. We were like behind a bar, but like they knew. <laughs> yes, and, then... <laughs> and they were fucking too. Uh... <laughs> um, and then I left college. I started doing like UCB shit. Mm, okay, but we're gonna slow down because this is a ninety-minute interview. Oh so, my god, I'm so sorry. So let me let me so. I, I was shocked at doing improv for that long. It's insane. I know, it's, nobody should do improv ever, never mind for <laughs> 10 years. When you said that, I'm like, that's 14 years of comedy. And if you hadn't say I, said I started in high school, I'd be like, how fucking old are you? I know, like, I'm 20. I'm a little baby, but I've been alive for, I feel like I've been alive for a long well, time. Well, you're 27, is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm 28. I, okay, would, yeah, I, yeah. I, was, I had a moment where I was like, is she like 35? <laughs> it's like, I didn't pick that up. But uh, okay, so growing up, uh, where are you from? Oh, Boston. From, I grew up in Boston. Okay. Are uh, your family, are they into comedy stuff at all? <laughs> oh, no. No? Well, my whole family is hilarious unintentionally. Okay. Like, uh, when I went home for Thanksgiving, I went to my aunt's house, and then there was this, like, 
point in the night where we were like all sitting around the Thanksgiving table and then shouting lines from the movie Misery, which is like honestly one of the funniest movies, like unintentionally, okay. because she's like, he didn't get out of the cock a doody car. And then I was like, oh, this is where I get it from. Yeah, yeah. So like my okay. whole family's like funny and boisterous, but like they're all like very blue collar. Okay. So even now they like don't get what I do really. Right, right, right. Like my brother the other day, he was like, when I was home for Christmas, he was like, oh yeah, there, there's this like a uh, stand-up comedian who I always see like on, like coming up on my reels and she's so funny, Jordan Jensen. I'm like, yeah, I know her. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, if there's any New York stand-up comedian, like I probably know yeah. them. And he's like, wow, I didn't even... I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> you know? That's my favorite. I love when people send me TikToks and it's like people I'm friends with or people yeah. I know. I'm like, I just hang out with that dude. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. And then like, and then the on their end, the jokes just fall so flat. Yeah. Because they think you're going to like laugh at it and you're like, oh, that's my friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't care. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, there was one uh, Hayden Arrington made like a sketch on TikTok about rock climbing. He's like climbing around his apartment. Yeah. And my brother, who is really into rock climbing, sent yeah. me that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, it's reaching the intended audience. Like, this yeah. is getting two climbers <laughs> out in Denver. Like, I know. It's you're working. like, God, how does this guy do his <laughs> SEO so well? Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. I feel like they're like the point to people don't comprehend what we do. Mm hmm. Even even like people who are hardcore fans of comedy, right? Oh, yeah. They don't, there's no way you can comprehend what the comedy scene is like or what yeah. the journey is like or what it actually means to do it or yeah. what the results are of it. Because oh, everyone God. outside comedy thinks in like dollar signs. Yes. And then when you get in, sometimes you're like, oh, I'll get paid for this eventually. But then you get kind of in and you're like, I just love doing this and maybe yeah. money will come, you know? No, absolutely. And also like, uh, I'm sure you've seen this where like people will go up at open mics and shit and they think that every um, stand-up set is made up off the top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they don't like understand yeah. like the like the amount of times that you have to tell a joke. Like I remember mm. I was dating this guy and we didn't date for that long. We dated for like two months. He came to like three of my shows and he's like, I think I'm going to stop coming to your shows because I've seen all these jokes so many times. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's like part of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> also, fuck you. Oh, my God. I thought we were hanging out. <laughs> I had a I had I remember when I started a comedian mm -hmm. told me you shouldn't date anybody like right now when you're figuring out comedy, mm -hmm. especially when you're doing a lot of open mics because you're going to start dating someone yep. and they're going to start coming to your open mics. and They're going to realize that they're hearing the same stuff pretty often. Yeah. And they're going to come to less and less. And then they're going to start asking you to not go to open mics because you're just doing the same stuff anyway. Yes. Like, also, and then, yeah. never invite anybody to an open mic. Yeah. Bad. Don't do that's, that. That's ever. the worst idea Terrible ever. Idea. Yeah. Like I, I remember like I would be dating people and they'd be like, oh, or like friends of mine would be like, let's I'll go to an open mic. And I'm like, OK, so you want to sit there for four hours <laughs> and then watch me go up 54th and do three minutes of right. unfinished material? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'd be like, do you want to come to the gym with me? And you don't do anything. And yeah. I don't do anything for <laughs> almost like an hour and a half. And then I do three minutes of curling somewhere in the middle. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. what you exactly. want. <laughs> and then and then they're like, why do you go to the gym so much? You do the same thing every time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that's how you get shit done. Guys. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm a I'm a don't I open mics. I, I try not to repeat stuff anymore. I, yeah, I go I, I've in, gotten to that, too. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, if. If I do something well and it works at an open mic, I'm like, then I'm like, I want to do this in front of a crowd and let yeah. the crowd decide rather oh, than yeah. you guys, even though you thought it was funny, but it passed the initial screening. Yeah. No, I, I do the same thing too, where it's like, if I can like make it work a little bit in an open mic where everybody's on their fucking phones, yeah. 
then I'm like, this works enough for me to like take it yep. to the stage. And also I think like when I was first doing it, I was so afraid of bringing new material into like shows because I wasn't confident enough that I could recover from it if something mm, didn't work. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like now that I have more confidence in my ability that I'm like, oh, if something doesn't work, then I can be like, well, I won't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and then so they easy. always they always laugh when you say that. Mine is uh, the one save I've got that I'm really proud of is, uh, guys, my mom says if I don't bomb tonight, I can have an Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> single oreo yeah like you're just like <laughs> you're like a little like pale skinny boy yep. being like, yep. mama says i could get one oreo <laughs> and i wrote one for the this i don't think i'm ever gonna do i tried it once didn't really work out but uh i was seeing it as a closer be really fun be like you guys have been great if you want to hang out i'll be in the back waiting for my mom to come give me a ride <laughs> <laughs> you should do that it's that's honestly so, stupid, so funny but yeah okay Rewind. So oh, yeah, yeah, you got yeah. a uh, a funny that's family uh, in concept. Yes. Uh, so how do you get into improv? What happens there in high school? Um, I are don't you, know. Are you a theatery kid prior to figuring out improv or what's going on? There? No, Um, I didn't do any extracurriculars my entire life until. Hell yeah. Like, well, it's because like people's parents like put them in soccer and shit. And I just like never like my family was not like like that <laughs> you know mm. what I mean my mom yeah. was like I work in Boston and I come home at 9 p.m like you're not yeah. uh, what you you want me to pay for your fucking tennis shoes or whatever <laughs> like it was just that's not what my family right. was like and so then when I got into high school I was like wait a minute I can make choices for myself mm. and then freshman year there was like um I went to Dighton Rehoboth High School and there's a great name. Wow. That's well, that's the name of the two towns. That, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and there was this thing called DR Improv, which was called Drimprov. And they just did like short form comedy shit. Mm. And then the first time I tried out, I got in. What was and so your freshman year? Freshman year of high school. Yeah. Was what were did they have like a show before the tryouts? You knew what it was or was it just something they're like, we have an improv team you can try out and you just decided or. Uh, no, it, I didn't see a show before I tried out, but I knew it was comedy and I knew it was like whose line is it anyway? OK, gotcha. And like I really liked whose line is it anyway? Mm -hmm. And like also just like every uh, um, comedy performance, you look at something and if you don't know anything, you're like, I could fucking do that. Yeah. <laughs> and That's so, why everybody starts. You watch a Netflix special. And you're like, I could do better than that. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I'm like, I can be better than Wayne Brady, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck that guy. And so I just tried out and then, like, got into it and, like, met... I, I One of the people that I met in DR Improv, I'm going to be a uh, bridesmaid at her wedding this wow, year. Yeah, cool. she's, like, one of my best friends. And, um, like... It was so fucking fun. Mm -hmm. It was so fun. And it was all short form, so it was, like, right. super easy. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like um, it's much easier to get the rhythms of jokes if you have, like, a setup already. Yes. And so going from short form to long form, I think, was really helpful. Mm. I can't imagine just starting doing long form improv. Really? I've, okay, see, I feel like th this is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, short form improv is the same skill as being funny in conversation. Mm, the context mm -hmm. is already there. Long form improv, yes. stand up, it's hard to be funny in those things initially. Yes. Because you have to bring the context with you. You have to yeah. define the context. Yeah, 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 so, exactly. And so, like, short form is like, it's just a setup and then a punchline. Right. And then I think like in doing so much short form improv, it made me 
like get funnier in conversation and mm-hmm. just kind of like understand like where those like where an opportunity for a joke is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then I did that for like all of high school. Let me and... ask you this. Were you guys cool or were you guys from the clubs? That oh, were like, no. no. Yeah. People, <laughs> this, like my high school was not that big and people okay. didn't even know what DR Improv was. Whoa. Yeah. How many students? Um, There was probably like, it was like 700 students, all four grades. Okay. okay. And it was two towns, two yeah. like hick towns. Like hick massachusetts yeah. towns okay and like like there was okay there was like three people that i can think of that i know of who had confederate flag tattoos that i went to high school with whoa that's early yeah <laughs> and i was like first of all your like grandmother's a portuguese Im- immigrant <laughs> so you can't say heritage you lived in, yeah. you've lived in massachusetts your entire life and now those guys are cops so and now i'm wearing my black lives matter shirt today <laughs> i didn't decide <laughs> i didn't plan to be this fucking political but i don't nice. know Okay, so you guys are, it's not a popular club. You guys are just kind of doing this for fun. No, but we would like, we would fill up some of the like space. I like some of the space. Like, because I've filled (laughs) up some of the space at a lot of shows (laughs) produced. I remember like my last show, it was like the, the smaller cafeteria was full. Whoa, nice. But it was probably like 30 people. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and then my mom, who, my mom was hilarious but also thought that she needed to be in everything. Okay. So like every show that she came to, she would be like, she would like try to like do bits from the audience. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And I'd be like, mom, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, And then there was like this one thing that I did. It was like one of my last shows my senior year. And so it was basically like a, dr- the game was like a dramatic telling of a story of like somebody tells a story in the audience and then you just reenact it like in a very dramatic way. Mm -hmm. And of course, because my mom is like this, she was like, Allie made me drive her to her hair appointment before this show so that she could have her hair done for this show. And then like (laughs) I did the reenactment where I was my mom. Yeah. And then I remember the principal coming to me like a few weeks later and being like, that was really funny. That would kill. Yeah, it killed because I was like, shitting on my mom who's yeah, right there yeah. <laughs> and she was like obviously a good sport about it because she loved the attention and right. so um but yeah that was that was pretty fun people nice. it, it, it was well received amongst the people who knew what the fuck it was right you know? right, right yeah dope cool yeah uh so you go to college where do you go to yeah. college well i go to community college okay, i go to bristol community college baby and they have a brimprov no is that, is that <laughs> i didn't do improv in bristol community college okay. because they <laughs> I don't know. It was all six-year-old women right. and then delinquents. <laughs> if the, if a community college has an improv team, I'm like, they want it. Yeah. Like these <laughs> these students, th- this is what SNL needs. <laughs> like those, those kids are probably the funniest people in the entire exactly. world. But the most disorganized group because nobody knows how to do anything because <laughs> yeah. they're in community college. They all show up just for the show. No practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I went to Binghamton University, which is upstate. Upstate, okay. Upstate New York. One. It's like a big like um state college okay in upstate new york and i got a lot of uh scholarships and i was like i want to be as far away from rehoboth massachusetts as possible mm-hmm. 
Um, and they had an improv group that was like, like I was saying before, like a fucking frat. Yeah, yeah. Like I got hazed in. You got, what was your hazing? Can you say? Oh, absolutely. Who, okay. Who's gonna come for me? Improv people. Improv, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking afraid of them. Yeah, right. Um, It'd be funny if you said something that caused the uh, Binghamton improv team now to get shut down. <laughs> oh my god. No, there, it, there's no. Okay, when I first got in, it was like the end of an era okay. where like the people who were first of all there was people who were in the group and then there were people who like lived in the town mm. who had been in the group who like still hung around with Ooh, college embarrassing. students. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. And so they would always be like telling like stories. They'd be like, oh, one, one time we like used this class. Because also we weren't like um, affiliated with the school at all. Mm. So like it was just an improv group of students who were not sponsored by the school. So in order to find a practice space, we would just go into a random building and then see what classroom doors were open and then just practice in there. Cool. So apparently there was one time when they were playing this game where you cover the entire chalkboard in chalk, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like completely white. And then you pull your pants down and then you run at the chalkboard as fast as you can. And then you try to get the ass print as high as you can on the board. <laughs> That's cool. And then one guy did it and his ass went through the chalkboard. <laughs> so there was like blood. Oh my he God. Like just, he like scratched his ass. And then they were like, we can never go in here again because there was just an ass hole in the chalkboard. That's amazing. So that's like that's like what it was. That's the energy. That was the energy of the improv group, the Pappy Parker players. And so like I came in at the end of that era. Right. And um like so it was like kind of like winding down, but my hazing was we were like taken out we weren't we didn't know it was gonna happen. We're like we're like let's do practice outside today. Yeah, yeah. And then they blindfolded us. Mm -hmm. There was two people who had just gotten in. Also, first time I tried out, I got in. Nice. Um, which you know, here's the thing. I think that I'm funny, but I think I'm bad at improv, which is why I stopped doing it. Interesting. But we'll get to that to okay. that later. But like, um, our haze. Okay, so they, me and Tom was the other guy who got in. And it was me and one other woman in the group and then like fucking 10 guys because that's every comedy thing. <laughs> and so they split us up and put us in, in different cars. We were like, I was blindfolded and like we were driving down the highway in Binghamton and then they acted like the they were like, oh, you're getting pulled over. Pull over, dude. Pull over, dude. And then he was like, no, I, I got Molly on me. I can't pull over. And so they start speeding. Mm. And so I'm blindfolded in the back being like, am I going to get arrested? <laughs> And, um, like, then they took us out to the woods, and they were like, okay, Tom, you be in this part of the woods, and Allie, you're in this part of the woods, still blindfolded, and Allie has to call out your name, and you have to find her. Mm -hmm. And so, like, then we're just in the woods alone, or I thought I was alone, but apparently yeah. I wasn't. Like, they were just all around being like, look how fucking panicked she is. <laughs> and then we were taken to, like, somebody's <laughs> basement and then they made they made Tom eat cat food because he was kind of being a piece of shit. But then mm. they made me eat tuna because and told me it was cat food. But I was like, this is tuna. This is human cat food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was some other stuff, but I'm trying to remember. Um, so was it scary overall at the beginning? Was it? It was scary. Okay. So it kind of worked. Because I also didn't know these people at all. That's true. You know what I mean? Like this was like a month into going to practice. First of all, practice three times a week. Wow. For two hours. Wow. <laughs> which is insane. Yeah. And they were all like adult college students. 
and a six credit hour class. Yeah, it's, I know, I know. <laughs> and um, then they were like, we're putting glass on the floor and you got to jump on the glass. I don't know. It was just like a bunch of like fake out shit. Like I never oh, actually yeah. got hurt. But then other people in the group were like, when I got hazed in four years ago, they beat me with a two by four, <laughs> like shit like that. <laughs> and I'm like. I don't know if I believe you. Yeah. But also maybe. I don't know. These people are fucking nuts. That's this is the like I'm hearing this. I'm like, is this the coolest improv group I've ever heard of or like the worst? <laughs> well, yeah. Saying the coolest improv group is being like, this is the yeah. best paraplegic marathon runner <laughs> yeah. in the entire world where you're like, OK, they're not beating any marathon runners. You I, know what I, mean? <laughs> I admire the spirit and I, yeah. I like the I like the uh, renegade vibe not being sponsored by the school. Kind of cool. Yeah. So it was we did feel very cool. Right. Like at the time, I thought it was like a really cool group. And then we'd like hang out with other improv people who were like fucking lame and shit. Mm -hmm. And then all of their jokes would be like, my dad is a cloud. Yeah. And then we would just like make terrible jokes. Like that was also <laughs> like, I'm sure you can imagine the sense of humor like, oh, yeah. in that improv group where it was like mad fratty. Trust me. I took uh, UCB 101 and there were some jokes that we did in that intro class that were just like, yeah, that's that's for eighth graders. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was me all the time. And that's my sense of humor now. Honestly, yeah. that's what my stand up is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me being like farts and pooping, pooping farts. Um, but I always say comedians always say, oh, we're just over here. You know, we just we're just telling dick jokes. Yeah. Very few comedians have a dick joke. Mm. But when they say we're just telling dick jokes, that's what we all think of our material. Yes. we're like, at the end of the day, it's just some stupid bullshit about your ego. Or yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> and also all of the comedians who are like, I'm just telling stupid dick jokes are actually funny. And yeah. people who are like, I'm the next George Carlin. Yeah. People who are like, <laughs> uh, comics are the modern day philosophers. I'm like, Ooh. no, they're fucking not. That's the you sign think of that someone who's going to bomb. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you think that uh, George in Connecticut is going to tell the world something that they don't already know. Yeah. You know what no I mean? Way. Like why do people think they're so fucking lofty? You know? It's crazy. It's one of the, one of the things I have a beef with in comedy as like a whole is the mythology of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And especially mm -hmm. with like the, the podcasting world, you have these like yeah. mega comedians. Right. Mm -hmm. And people who are comedy fans are just hanging on every single word of like Tom oh Segura God, or yes. Bill Burr or these guys who we can love them because they're hilarious, but just because they're hilarious and rich because they're hilarious doesn't mean that they're deep and thoughtful. They're just yeah. people, you mm -hmm. know? No, so. exactly. And okay, if we're going to talk about Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. I listened to his podcast for a long time. And like, I think that what made Joe Rogan a good podcaster yeah. was that he was just a dumb, regular guy from Boston yeah. who brought on like scientists and actors and like all of these people who like know a bunch of shit. And he would ask questions that the dumb regular guy would ask. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then it got to his head. And then like during the pandemic, okay, it happened before this, but like during the pandemic, he'd be like, why aren't comedians uh, essential workers? I think what I do is essential. <laughs> I'm like, no, dude. Like, he just, like, he started, he went into it being like a dumb guy and then came out of it being like, but I'm the best dumb guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Too I'm much. Like, I'm like, you have yeah. the dream work from home job. Like, I know. Get over it. <laughs> I know, exactly. But also, like, I don't know, when I was, when I was back home, I was watching the old Fear Factor where he hosts it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where he still has a Boston accent. Oh, what? Yeah. He's from Boston. He I, grew well, up in I, Boston. He I grew up in know, Newton. I didn't know what. 
I don't I didn't know that. And I also didn't know he had an accent. He yeah, he like went to speech classes Whoa. to get rid of his accent. Wow. And so you can hear his Boston accent. And I'm like, dude, you can hear his Boston accent. And my brother's like, oh, he's flirting with every girl. And I'm like, and let me tell you, Owen, if I was there, I would have fallen for it. Okay. <laughs> I would have fucking fallen for it. Oh my God. <laughs> That's wild. I I remember, what was it, uh, Ryan O'Toole, when he came on this podcast, yeah. was talking about he did, like, speech classes for when he does acting to not have his accent. I remember him telling me that story and being like, there's a bunch of, like, people where English is not their first language in this class. Yeah. And then me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is because when I fucking first met Ryan O'Toole, I was like, this guy's from Staten Island or something. <laughs> I was like, fake, fake. Fake. Yeah. No, but... it's the most Boston accent you could possibly imagine. Absolutely. Same with uh, Antoine Nesrella. I don't like, know that person. Oh, he's great. He's I gotta, great. I gotta meet him. Yeah, he's single. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, but really, like, really intense Boston accent, like yeah, yeah, cartoon yeah. levels. You know? Yeah, but. yeah. I'm so glad I got out of it, like, without sounding like a piece of shit. But Ryan O'Toole is literally like, my sister doesn't have an accent. I yeah. have the accent. Like, how does this happen? I, I know. know. Yeah, like my both my mom and my dad and my brother. My brother not so much, but my mom and my dad heavy, heavy accents. Mm -hmm. And then, but I think it's because like. Younger people just like watch TV a lot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they grow up like, I don't know. I've met people from fucking Alabama and shit who mm. have like a regular American accent. Right, right. Because they're like 22. Yeah, you know? yeah. I know uh, my friend Alex Richards, he's Australian. When he moved here for the first time, he was like, it just, everyone sounds like like television yeah. characters because yes. they watch. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, really yeah. interesting. But, yeah. But yeah. anyway, back to improv. So. <laughs> college improv team they haze you in you do you switch to long form improv so what's what's the transition like from short form to long form for you well at uh when i was in the pappy parker players i they did short form at mm -hmm. the beginning yeah but while i was there there, there was like a transition to want to do long form but we did short form for our shows because like everybody there was like really obsessed with ucb right they thought course. that ucb was like the coolest shit in the world and like before Spoiler. i went to it's not. It's not. Um, I uh, <laughs> we'll get into me um, dating a UCB teacher in a minute, but nice. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but like everybody, like UCB was like so lofty and like so cool and shit. And I ha like when I went to um, college, I'd never even been to New York before. Right. And so I was like, I don't know anything. You know what I right, mean? Right, I was right. just like a you know sheltered little little Boston girl mm -hmm. and. Um, so we started doing long form and I was bad at it. Okay. Like I've, I think I've always been funny, but bad at improv. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I remember when I was taking my UCB classes, I would make the class laugh, but then the teacher would be like, you did it wrong. Yeah. And I'd be like, am I, am I doing it wrong? Cause it sounds like <laughs> yeah. everybody's having a really good time out there. I noticed that all the comedians would do that. That was, yes. the, that was the comedian, um, uh, the standup comedian improv feedback is yes. stop doing the joke. You're yes. ruining the, imp the, the scene by yes. doing the joke. And it's like, this is comedy. Go yeah. for the joke. Exactly. You know? And I'm like, I like, I cannot like give up the laughs in order to make something work better in the yeah. scene. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's just like stand-up energy. It kills me. Yeah. It kills me. <laughs> yes. Ugh. And so then we like transitioned into long form and I was like, this is like really hard for me to, like I understood the concepts. Yeah. 
I just, it was hard for me to like, it feels like 4D chess when I was doing it. Yeah. Because you have to like set something up that's going to happen like down the road. Yeah. And then also you have to trust in the other person, which I have such a hard time doing. (laughs) Because I'm kind of a control freak really at the end of the day where I'm like, oh no, what you're doing sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Even if they're funny and good. Yeah. Um, and so like, you have to be like, we're on the same page. Right. And this is like, this isn't an, uh, UCB class where like, you know, these people for eight weeks. This yeah. was like, I knew I hung out with these people six hours a week at least. Yeah, and I yeah. still didn't trust them to like be <laughs> alongside me in a scene, Yeah, you know? And then other people that I was like in the group with who I'm still friends with, um, like were really good at that shit. And then I would get all like jealous and like in my head about it because mm. like, I was like, well, why are they doing so? I I had like a weird complex Whoa. about okay. shit. Um, and like, but I don't know, fucking long form like kind of sucks to do. Yeah. And it also kind of sucks to watch unless you're really, really good at it. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, like I think that after my career in improv, I've decided that like improv is not an art form. It's a skill. Cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> like it shouldn't like there are people who are fantastic at, at improv, but it's such so few people because right. I got into improv after Broad City came out. And I feel like Broad City really made every like girl in New York who has no personality be like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it became like so oversaturated. Broad City is part of the reason why I moved here. Really? I was like, dude, New York seems sick. And then when I visited, I was like, this is amazing, but I have no reason to be here. Then when I started yeah. comedy, I was like, yo, I can go to New yeah, York yeah, yeah. for a reason. But yeah. yeah. I mean, imp- Broad City was a great show. Yeah. The improv episode, though, with the improv guy who's bad at it is the funniest <sighs> fucking thing You mean thing every ever. single one of my boyfriends until 2019? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I'm a robot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? Nothing makes my pussy drier <laughs> than watching a man play make-believe on stage. <laughs> It's so horrible. Dude, it's and like, I dated so many. I dated a fucking guy that I met in my improv group for five years. Whoa. For five years. <laughs> and he stopped doing improv and like stand up and shit. But I was he like, got the ick about you doing improv too. He was like, this is gross. Oh my God. No, actually I cheated on him. But uh... <laughs> With someone who didn't do improv, I hope. No, with an improv teacher. No. <laughs> Okay, I didn't like fuck anybody. I just, I wanted to break up with him, but then I like was really into my improv teacher. <laughs> and like we went, me, I like just went out with for drinks with my improv teacher. And I was like, this is fine. We're just going out for drinks. Oh my God. And dude. then we made out at the bar. And then the next day I saw my ex, my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I didn't even tell him what I did because I was like, this is just going to like hurt him. But I was like, I just don't want to be in a relationship anymore. And then I dated the improv teacher right after. I was a mess. I was such a mess. Also, this was 2019. This is not very long ago. <laughs> I'm imagining you explaining this to a Catholic priest in confessional. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then being, so do this thing called improv. And like, and they're like, explain game again. <laughs> Wait, what's the game of the situation? And you're like, I cheated on that. That was the game. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> and he's like, wait, so there's no props? There's no props. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what's fucked up. It's really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> but Damn. prop work is really important. Miming is so important. But yeah, so... Uh, Everyone starts you see you're you're everyone in your club is this obsessed with UCB. So they yes. switch to long form. Long form yeah. is hard. Okay. And we're not good at it. We did one long form show that everyone hated. Like oh, people didn't get yeah. it because the people who liked because also the Pappy Parker players were like kind of famous on campus. Right, right. Okay, like, so you guys are cool again. 
we were cool amongst college students, which they don't know anything. Yeah, but that's still like <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah. And so like I would be like, uh, so there's this big thing once a semester called the dollar show where all of the acapella groups, which there were like 12 of, <laughs> and then us would all perform a show together in three different lecture halls. And then we would hold auditions the next day. So okay, it would be like, yeah, it'd be like look at these performance groups. It's going to be like a fun, cool show. If you like one, you can audition the next day. Mm. And so after the dollar show, every single semester, people would like approach me on campus and be like, you were so funny last night. You know what I mean? And nice. it, it felt like fame, which it wasn't. Yeah. But I was like, oh, my God. I was also just like probably the only person who was like recognizable in that improv group mm. because everybody was like white guys who were like yeah. nondescript. We blend in. Yeah, and I was just like- we're a zebra. <laughs> yeah, they all looked exactly like numbers. you. It looked like <laughs> like five yous, but in different wigs. Nice, Yeah. nice. And then I just like had red hair and I was like a tiny woman and then they were like, oh, okay, like I recognize that one. Do you, do you get recognized now? Have you ever been recognized in the street from stand-up? No, but I have had a, got a few men on Hinge mm. like like me on Hinge and be like, oh my God, like I saw you at this show and like I thought you were so funny and like blah, blah, blah. I have like the most cringy message, which can I look it up? Can I yeah, try to yeah, find yeah. it? Um, so I'll say uh, this. So Lee gets recognized occasionally from stand-up shows. Oh, really? That's fucking awesome. But it's also like she is the most recognizable person ever. That's true. You know? it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. She, it, <laughs> it's just one of those things where I, I feel like if you have people recognizing you on a college campus for being funny, yes. you are cool in like an unspoken way. And also I mean, having something that you're good at in college where you can just do a thing and be good. Yeah. Other people are like envious of that. Like, I wish I was good at something that other people could see and tell me I'm funny. You no, know? Yeah, that's definitely true where it's like, I think that, I don't know, a lot of the times when people like compliment you, it's not about you. You know, interesting, interesting uh, Catholic mindset. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a lot of the times like uh, when people compliment you, they're like, oh, like, I want you to know that I liked you. Not like that you were good. Does that make sense? Maybe I have self-esteem issues. Actually. Interesting. I think it's like a little bit of both. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a piece of shit and hate myself. But <laughs> um, hold on. Uh, give me three more seconds. If I can't find this man, then I won't fucking read it. But God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> um, I feel bad for female standups. Uh, if you meant if they mention it on dating apps, it just seems like terrible. Like, tell me a joke. Like, or oh like, my God, yes. When people ask me, okay, I can't find it. But when people ask me to tell them a joke, I'm just like, no. I'm not mm. doing that. Yeah. I, I tell them, I'm like, it's different. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> like, like, be really vague about it. And they're like, what? It's like, dude, to make this joke funny, I'm literally going to have to switch into performance mode. And it's going to yeah. be really psychotic to do that for one person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also love how you're like, sorry, I'm a little bit too mysterious yeah. to do this for you right now. <laughs> you just wouldn't get it. It's yeah. different. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. It's because it's, it's not like a joke is like a... It's like people at this point should know. It's like when you watch a stand-up special, so rarely is that just one, two punch jokes where people can do yeah. quickly. It's like, I'm laughing at this 16 minute yeah. thing that they've woven. It's like, you're not, yeah. I'm not doing that shit for you in the yes. sidewalk. Are you no, kidding me? exactly. But people like people do not understand how 
stand up works and they never will. Yeah. Like that's why people watch stand up specials and they're like, this person's not funny. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, there are people who have stand up specials who are not funny, but it's like so few of them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, it's not funny to you because you're not in the room. That's yeah. like the problem with stand-up specials yeah. and like like hour-long specials is like being in the room and having the energy of everybody around you is like so like electrifying in a way that most people don't even understand. Yes. You know what I mean? I agree. And so they don't understand like regular, you know, like people who watch comedy, mm-hmm. like they're never going to get that being like, tell me a joke is never going to work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, it's, just, it's just their thing. It's yeah. like it's the the comedian's curse. I know, and then I have to explain it to people all the time, yep. and then they black out because they're so bored. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many dates I've been on where I like don't realize how annoying I'm being, <laughs> and I'm like, no, it just kind of doesn't make sense because you do this and then that, and then they're just like politely nodding, oh my God. and then like checking their watch, and I'm like, I'm sorry, you can't make me fucking talk about stand up, <laughs> dude. It's so boring to everybody else. One time when I first moved here, my roommate was a chef, right? Mm-hmm. Really passionate about food. Like he kept a he kept a notebook by neighbor. He had every page was a neighborhood, and it was all different restaurants he wanted to try. Mm-hmm. And when he would try them, they would either stay in the notebook or he would cross them off. Like it was very <gasps> dramatic. Like. <laughs> Really, really in it. And like a really great cook, really like all day in the kitchen, then would spend all day in the evening researching food and stuff, like really passionate That's and driven crazy. about it. We went out to uh, Radagast Beer Garden, right? Yes. Middle of summer. It's like sweaty as fuck. Packed house. We grab some beers and we're sitting next to these two girls and he starts talking to them. So we kind of merge, right? And we're, yeah, we're talking dude. to them. I'm like, cool, this is great. <laughs> He's And then I roast him about his list, right? Like mm-hmm. a joke. And they're like, what's the list? And he brings it out and they are loving it, right? Because it's <laughs> and like, then you look like the booger because you were making fun of him for it. No, it was like, it was cool because it was like, oh, here's this thing he's really cool at and all this stuff. And he's going through the list and oh, neighborhoods, okay, restaurants gotcha. are like, oh, this is so cool, so fascinating, whatever. He goes to the bathroom. They're like, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a stand up comedian. And they're just like, <laughs> they fully shut down. And I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe. How how devastatingly bo- like boring what I do is. I know it's so boring compared to being a chef. Like, dude, I don't have to work twelve hours a day. For I know. Mine, you yeah, know? you're like I can bring the bread home. Yeah, I, and then also be home during the day. Okay, yeah, I was like, I, is being funny not cool yeah, anymore? Uh, I know, okay, but so. also here's the thing: a lot of people say they're stand up comedians and they do like one open mic a month or something. Yeah, I also didn't say I'm a comedian until I was probably like a year in. I, I would yeah, say same. I'm trying stand up. I'm doing stand-up yeah, like because i don't want like the people who know i don't want them to be like oh you're he, they're a comedian now and tell other people you know yes no i was also i was like oh yeah i'm an open micer i do open mic stuff yeah. blah 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 <laughs> also like the open mics and the improv like had a crossover right where i was like doing ucb shit and then starting to do open mics and then i was like oh no I think I hate improv. Because <laughs> it was wrong like, this whole time. Yeah. Well, I also did stand up in college like a little bit. Like I, there was like a stand up club, and then there's a stand up club, and then I would like go to open mics. There was one time I got booed off stage at an open mic, at, um, because it was like a bar in Binghamton, New York, and I was like. I don't know. I was like watching a lot of Amy Schumer. So I was like, nah, my pussy (laughs) and shit like that. (laughs) And then like a bunch of like older dudes in the bar were like, boo, boo. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, I stopped going to the stand up club because I um, fucked a guy who was in it and I wanted to date him and he didn't want to date me. So I didn't want to go anymore. (laughs) 
Damn. Yeah. What if I told you the open mic scene, very similar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What, uh, okay, so you're doing improv for all of college. You graduate. Yeah. Do you move to New York City right away? Yes. I walk at my graduation, leave my graduation early, pack up a car, and then move to New York that night. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was Sick. like, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then you come down here, and then you start used to be right away, I'm guessing? Uh, not right away, because it was so expensive. Yeah. But, like, I bartended for a little bit, and then, like, once I started doing classes and shit... Um, I was like pretty good at my classes. Like I was like, I think that I, my talent of improv like plateaus at a certain skill level. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think in like 101 and 201, I'm fucking great mm -hmm. because I'm like funny. I have like punches and shit like that. But when it comes down to like the nitty gritty of like setting up like long form shit, yeah. I'm not as good at that. You're I'm like, not good at like trusting my scene partner. I'm <laughs> I'm not good at pretending I'm a dog. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. I just don't think that like being like a character and like a silly kooky person is like what makes me funny. Yeah. You know? I'm on the same page. Yeah. I'm like the my pitfall in improv is uh I can't do characters. Every character I'm oh. doing yeah. Is just me with a different name, maybe yeah. an accent. <laughs> yes, like, same. Same. It's it just doesn't work. And I remember our class show. So uh do you know Matt and Jack? Uh they do the characters. I at, don't think so. Okay. So I had Jack Holmesley and Alex Richards in my improv one one class, which I met them. Our my, I had like a really good scene for our class show, and then we swapped teams like the other half of the class, right? Yeah. And they had this scene where they're going all in, like they have the characters and the theme yeah. worked out there, just vibing. And I was like, Oh, I should quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, this, <laughs> this is, is what, what improv is. Yeah, yeah, this is what they need. I can't. I'm not in. Yeah, this, yeah. So. And I was, I was just like, oh, I, f I can't be like, because I was just always like, also, I come off as really hard. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't lift that in scenes. Oh, uh, okay. I see, you know, I see, so yeah. I was like, I was always just like a fucking yeah. <laughs> negative, like brooding person in scenes, being like, what the? Uh, are you kidding? <laughs> Like all the time, yeah. Which would make people laugh because it was funny, but it they weren't laughing because I was doing something funny in the scene. I was they were laughing because I was like breaking the fourth wall, right? You know right. what I mean? Being yeah. like, this is stupid. Yeah, you know, because it is. Yeah. I mean, everything's <laughs> so stupid. Stu Literally, uh, Connor and I, who co-owns the studio, uh, we we were in improv at the same time. He started a couple mm -hmm. weeks before me in a different UCB class. Yeah. And I went to my first uh, class show with him, you know, to like go to one of the Herald Knights or something because yeah. you have to watch two to pass your class. Yes. It's a like pyramid scheme. Yeah. yeah. So I had never seen improv before this point. Wait, you never seen improv before taking the class? Yeah. So you started taking the class and then saw improv for the first time. Yeah. That's crazy. Because I heard people were like, oh, like. You didn't improv. even watch like Ass Cat or no, anything? No, I literally wow. started stand up comedy and other people were like, improv sucks. And I was like, what's that? I'm in Boulder, Colorado. There's like nothing, right? Yeah. There might there was like a, a CU Boulder team. I was not into it at that point. I was like, I don't even want to yeah. know this. And but when I started stand people were like, oh, improv is a good thing to do too because it's it helps you with your stand-up. And that's yes. all I heard. I was like, oh yeah, there is an improvisational aspect to stand-up. Yeah. I agree. I should figure this out. And so mm -hmm. I went to UCB and did the class. And then when me and Connor went to the class show and they started the Herald and they they start the show with the word association thing. Oh yeah. I leaned over and was like, is this supposed to be funny? Like what <laughs> is happening? Yeah. And then watching that show, I was like, okay, so improv is like 10% the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life. Oh, yeah. 10% pretty funny and 80% cringe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's the the way it's weighted is not 
it's not worth it to have a whole show for it. You're right. Yeah. Like the funniest parts of improv is like what happens when you have like a really good riff. Mm -hmm. Because like the thing that makes improv fun as an audience member is that you know it's all being made up. So it feels like everybody is in on the joke. Yeah. It's not like a joke as a comedian where you set up and you know the punch. You Mm -hmm. know where it's going. Yeah. It's like we're all figuring it out together. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is like a really like powerful, like comedic thing. Yeah. And like, but you can still do that in stand up and also make people laugh the other parts of the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. So you uh, how far into the UCB schedule are you? How many classes did you take? Okay, so I took uh, 101 through 401. Okay. And then I auditioned for Lloyd. And my Lloyd audition, the way that it works is that you sign up for a time slot and then they like the people who signed up for that time slot are with you. So my first Lloyd audition, it was me and then seven people who were all in a group together. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. It was seven people who all knew each other and all were in a group together. And then my stupid little ass. (laughs) And I bombed so fucking hard because I was like, all these people know each other. And also like, I would like, when I would step on stage, nobody would want to join me because they were like, I want to do improv with my friends. (laughs) And I'm like, do you think this is going to fucking work? Like, you think that these like people who have been doing improv for years don't know what you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then I didn't get a call back. And then immediately after uh, the pandemic happened. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Yep. So then I was like. And that's the end of the improv road for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also that whole time, the whole time I was doing UCB stuff, I was doing stand up. And I was like s- starting to do like pretty okay at like open mics. So when do you start stand up and why do you start stand up? Um, I had done stand. I started stand up in. Okay, I guess 2018, okay. like in the city. But it's like, you know when you like start and you do things here and there, but okay. you don't like really start getting serious until like a few months later, a year okay. later or whatever. Yeah. So I started doing open mics uh, because I was becoming like very disillusioned with improv. Right. Because uh, I never like fit in in the improv scene because it was all like theater people. Yeah. And uh, theater people, I think there's great theater people. However, a lot of them are like so fucking fake. Unbelievably fake. Yeah. They're always like, oh my God, that's fucking fantastic. Oh my God. Oh, I'm obsessed with you. Oh my God. And when it's you're like, genuine with them and they react, but you can tell it's like a performant, oh like a performative way. Yes. And you're like, you don't have to laugh like that. I know. Like, yeah. Use your human voice. Yeah. Please. Oh God. It was, and like also like everybody, like, I think the way like everybody like thought I was a Republican because of the way that I come off generally. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm from Boston and like I make certain kinds of jokes, but like people don't know that I don't mean a lot of the shit that I say because I'm right. an actual comedian. I like make jokes. Yeah. And also like I was in like a sketch group of people that I met at UCB. I took a few sketch classes and mm-hmm. it was like an all female sketch group that did like a lot of like musical sketches <laughs> and every meeting that we would have we would meet for two hours and the first half hour would be all of us apologizing to each other the entire time what because it was a women's in- sketch group that's why like for like apologizing for like the last show like oh or last show, I'm sorry being like oh my god I'm so sorry I'm late oh my god I'm sorry I said that in the chat oh. I didn't mean it oh my god I'm so sorry like that yeah. the entire time and I'm like can we get to the shit <laughs> I was like so fucking annoyed with everybody and then they would do like sketches that made no sense 
This is like, this is They're like, all great people, but it was just like, I just, th that wasn't the space for me. This is all like seething stand-up comedian energy. Yes. <laughs> I tried so many things. Like, yeah. so, cause I knew I loved comedy and I loved performing, but it took me so long to get to like stand, stand up and be like, oh, this is the thing that you need to work on. Yeah. Because I was like, I did so much sketch writing shit and so much like, I didn't do a lot of acting shit. Well, I did, you asked me if I was, did theater. Mm -hmm. I started doing theater after I did improv like in high school and like I like did pretty well because it was like a small high school and like, but I was always ready, cast as the villain. <laughs> I was cast as the villain in every play oh and God. musical because they were like, you can do comedy well because villains are co oh, comedic most okay. of the time. Gotcha. You know what I mean? They're always like the bad guy. Right, right. You know? And, um, then, I don't know, where was I going? Oh yeah, the fucking female improv group. I mean, <laughs> not improv group, sketch group. It was actually really fun. I really yeah. like all of those people. But I was like, this is not the kind of stuff that I want to be doing. Yeah, but I imagine uh, if you don't like long form improv, sketch is probably like a, a healthy step to take where you can pre-plan yes. and yeah. Yeah, because like I, like I wrote a, a bunch of sketches that I thought were like pretty good, but I like, I am, I think like my approach to comedy is I cut so much. Mm. You know what I mean? Like okay. I don't have I try like I hate a moment of silence. And so <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I just belligerently cut shit out that isn't funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And so like when I would like write sketches, I would be like beat, 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 beat. Mm. But then like like the way other people do sketches is they're like, this is a fun journey. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. it's not a journey. <laughs> we have to do the thing. I'm like yeah. extremely efficient in the way that I write shit. And so then when they would have like, like one thing that we did, I hope they're not going to listen to this, but one of the sketches we did in this like female sketch group is they did a, uh, remember that Cardi B song money? I think so. Yeah. They did that, but everybody was like presidential candidates because it was leading up to the 2020 election. And that was the whole joke. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so sorry that people you think, experience that. People <laughs> think that like, if an idea is like kind of funny, then you don't have to write it out and write jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, this is silly. I've seen stuff like this done on SNL. That's why SNL is bad. Yeah. Because like, even if you go to like the golden age of SNL, like one out of five sketches are fucking killer and yeah. then the rest are boogers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it, there's just no way to create a fucking 40 minute sketch show where everything is great. Especially in one week. Especially in one week. Yeah. yeah. And like even some of my favorite sketch shows like Tim Robinson's sketch show, like there's still like bad shit in there mm -hmm. because it's like, it's just hard to write really good sketches all the time. Right. You know? Except for Key and Peele. Hit it, oh yeah, Kim Peel does time. hit it off. Yeah, they do fucking great. But they know what they're doing. That's yeah. the thing, and that's like so fucking rare. But anyway, what were we fucking talking so about? So you start stand up, you start hitting open mics, and so before yeah. the pandemic, are you just kind of are you still are do you get serious about comedy before the pandemic or oh yeah, about so rather? probably for like a year before the pandemic, I was doing like five to seven mics a week. Okay, but I. Like one thing that I didn't realize was so important was like the like networking component of it. Yeah. And I felt so awkward and I was so bad at talking to people and I was so bad at making friends that I like literally barely met a single person before the pandemic. It was brutal. Yeah. I think I met like I can count like 
like most of the people I met are living in this apartment right now. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like I probably like what Connor, Brian Boucher, Alex Richards, Zavancor, Lee. I met Lee pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. And like maybe a few other ones that I actually became like friends, friends with. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just because I went to the same open mic every day for three months and they yes. used for the people who were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and like I was just so bad at talking to people. I had so much like social anxiety and I couldn't like get in to anything. It was so hard. It was back then. so fucking hard. And then the pandemic was so helpful for that. Yes. Because there was one mic a day. Yep. <laughs> and everybody was there and it was always a hang. And everyone was just happy to be doing comedy. Yes. Yeah. And I met everybody that I know yep. during the pandemic. However, like before the pandemic, I like I was doing well at open mics. Like I remember I did a laughing Buddha bringer show in February of twenty twenty. Okay. And like murdered. Like yeah, that tape yeah. is still incredible now. Wow. And like, I was like, oh, okay. So this shit is paying off. Yeah. Like I'm still doing the work, but I'm not getting anywhere because I don't fucking know anybody. Right. You know? And I was like, that sucks. How do I change this? Yeah. But like before I had any chance to like figure out how to change it. Because I, I thought that like, it sucks that this is the truth. But like, if you're the best comedian in the world and you don't know anybody, you're not getting anywhere. Yep. You know what I mean? 100%. Like a big part of like being a stand-up comedian and being successful in it is like also being a good hang. Yeah. Which sucks because yeah. there's a lot of people who are like not funny who are good hangs. Yeah. <laughs> like make it further than people who are like funny and yeah. bad hangs. Yeah. And there's also power dynamics at play. There. Yeah, <laughs> <But> of course. <laughs> yes. There's also people who are bad hangs, bad comedians, but produce amazing shows. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to get into it. We'll talk about We'll give names after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like I I feel like before the pandemic, what it felt like was New York City was this like mythical comedy scene. You go to it and then the whole scene is full of people who also had the same picture of the scene in their mind. Yes. And were trying to figure it out by themselves. So yeah, yeah, no yeah. one was like grounded. Yes. You know, no one was like, oh, I'm comfortable. Here's what I run. Here yeah. are the people I know. It was just like we're all like bumping yeah. around you know yeah, yeah yeah and like I didn't even know of any shows that happened like nothing like that and I also another thing that happened during the pandemic is like it felt like the hierarchy was so lofty and inaccessible so yeah before so the pandemic high. and then in the middle of the pandemic I was like on a show with like Sam Marill yeah and I was like what the fuck that's yeah. insane <laughs> I'm like I've been doing stand-up for like less than two years mm -hmm. and now I'm on a show with Sam Marill because there's like 14 stand-up comedians who aren't afraid of getting COVID yeah. or don't care. <laughs> Basically. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, I did. Oh, God, I did not. I, I did not act safely during the pandemic. <laughs> not like nope. I wasn't like terrible. Everything was outside. But I also was I wasn't like one of those people who like shut themselves in and shit, yeah, you know, yeah. which I probably should have. But honestly, it was good for my career. So fuck you. When we um, started our open mic on the rooftop, it was mid-June 2020. Mm -hmm. And. They, we, we limited it to 25 people and it was outside and we'd wear masks still yeah. and we still like we still got like hate DMs from comedians yes. like you're killing yep. people like you're risking everything yeah and I'm like oh that's okay so you're back in Connecticut and you're yeah. jealous that you're not doing stand up yep. you know what I mean like I feel like if you're doing everything as safely as you can mm -hmm. like that's all you can do yeah you know what i mean like and, yeah. i started going back to stand up like in july of 2020 i think right, i started okay. going back to open mics yeah yeah which was like probably the same as june 20 of 20 of like, 2020 same vibe yeah and like there was and now there's like i remember like there was this weird time in like 2021 or like right after the vaccines came out or something where there would be people coming back to the scene yeah 
and like coming home from Connecticut or wherever they're from and then being like really upset. Yeah. Because they don't know anybody or they're not getting booked yeah, no or whatever. Yeah, no one gives a fuck about you. And it's yeah. also like, yeah, well, you haven't done stand-up for like a year and a half. Yeah. Like, what do you fucking expect? It's, I always think of them as like uh, when they found, like when they find like frozen Neanderthal. Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, this ice shelf is melting. We found a human in here. From frozen tr- caveman lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we found a comedian from 2019 frozen yeah. in ice. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to make enough friends to do a Broadway bringer. Yeah, uh, it's yeah impossible for him they're like they're like trump is weird huh (laughs) and it's like where's your jokes dude it was crazy i remember it was like it was like it was almost like uh, a lot of those people i felt like they had like a re-education process yes because the scene got so small and like horizontal Mm -hmm. that a lot of those people who are used to like like the gatekeeping and the hierarchy and just not knowing anybody Mm -hmm. had to be like no 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 we're all just hanging out now like it's all cool like yeah, we're yeah, good. Yeah. Here are the cool places to be. Here's like the essentials. You're Essential- good. Yeah, de- like definitely. And then they're like, oh, why is this fucking asshole like doing this show now? And it's like because they've been doing it the whole time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they've taken this time to like get good at it and like get to know people. Yeah. And it's like, listen, if you fucking moved home during the pandemic, that's totally fine. But don't come back expecting to be in the same place that you were in before. No, yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? I literally, my mom was like, when the pandemic started, she's like, so are you going to move back home? And I was like, no, mom, the dream is here. <laughs> <laughs> Paid off huge. Yeah. Like the only reason I know everybody is because we started an open mic at a time when people yeah. hated that people were starting open mics. Yeah, same, dude. <laughs> dude, so many like park hangs. Also, I became during the pandemic, I became so good at pissing outside. <laughs> I became so good at peeing wow. outside. And like I remember I was on a date with a guy who would eventually become my boyfriend. We were on a first date in McCarran Park in October of 2021. Is this a UCB teacher? No, no, no. Oh, I have to talk about the UCB teacher. But I remember uh, we were like on a date and it was like going really well. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I got to go piss. I'm going to go pee in that bush. And he's like, you don't have to do that. (laughs) He was like, there's like a bar right over here that you can go into. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll just go pee in this bush. And he's like, he's like, no, you just go. It's right there. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll go into a restaurant and pee. <laughs> I was like so ready. To, I seemed like I wanted to pee yeah, outside. Yeah, you're like itching for it. <laughs> yeah. I was I, like, I only piss outside. I've been here uh, since uh, summer 2019. I still have not peed outside in New York City. What? There was only one night where I almost did it, but I was like, I can hold it. It was... Wait, why are you so afraid? But you can stand up and pee. I can like because okay, here's the thing: so if different. I piss outside, first of all, I'm pale yeah. as hell. If I pull my pants down, it's like a light came on. <laughs> so I have to deal with yeah. that, and then I also have to not piss on my shoes and pants. Yeah, and but I I just push real hard, and then I you know shake it off, and then pull my pants up. Like you can't see I. Back you have in all the Denver, equipment. I would pee outside all the time. Like skiing, I have no problem just going off the run into the woods, taking a piss somewhere. Yeah, like hiking, whatever. But some about the city, I feel like I'm not even pee shy at urinals or anything, but I feel like outside, whenever I see another man peeing outside, like mm-hmm. behind a car or like in an alleyway, I'm like, gross, like get it together. Well, yeah, it's yeah. gross, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> I guess it's because it's like for me, I'm like, we all share the space and we all complain it smells like pee. So like we should <laughs> try not to make it smell like pee. I've literally gone like my 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 trick is like one bars, obviously. Like, yeah. Just 
beeline to the bathroom in a bar if they stop you just buy like a coke or like or just be like yeah. it's an emergency yeah if you if you look somebody in the eyes and you're like it's an emergency they won't stop you they won't stop you because they're like i don't want this person to poop yeah. their pants in my restaurant then there's also uh hotel lobbies hotels yes. always have a lobby bathroom yep 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 yeah but when uh lee and i when we like occasionally go on like road trips or whatever to go like somewhere mm-hmm it's always so funny. We'll go to like a Starbucks. We'll pull over, go inside, you know, mm-hmm. and then we'll, it's like, we're, the bathroom's just unlocked. There's I no know. code. They don't care. You can I just know. pee in here. Yeah. It's so free. The <laughs> rest of the country. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they don't have, they don't have the same problems to worry about. Meanwhile, yeah. it's like, I remember when I first moved here being in Midtown and being like, I literally cannot find anywhere to pee. It's oh yeah. Midtown is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Terrible. But also just fucking, here's the thing, like the whole pee smell thing. It's like, it's going to smell like piss anyway. <laughs> You're <laughs> not the first it. or last person who's going to piss on that corner. You know what I mean? What if you were the first person? What if there is a corner that There's has not yet been There's only one part in on? New York City that isn't piss stained and mm. you managed to pee on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like some nice little island near the Bronx with like a castle on it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to piss all over this place, baby. Because the Starbucks bathroom was locked. Yep. When uh when we were babies uh, when we were watching uh Lee's dog uh and I was like walking around her neighborhood, I realized like Every square inch of New York City has mm-hmm. just like one drop of pee from one million dogs on it. Like, oh, yes. It's, there's piss oh, everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. like I've seen if you see someone sitting down on the steps in a subway station. There's piss there. Avoid them. There's like that person everywhere. is yeah. bad news because they don't care about the pee on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's piss everywhere in this city. But I love it. I love it here. <laughs> it's like if there was a cleaner city of this scale with this level of multicultural multiculturalism and walkability, I'd I'd probably I'd be, be there. there in a minute. Yeah, but there isn't. There isn't. So no. Yeah, it's what it is. Exactly. So you start stand up. Uh, Wait, if- can I get into how I dated that improv yes. teacher? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So name names. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> okay. name names. I think he's like getting married now. Nice. But um, he was my improv teacher. He was my 201 class teacher, and I was like dating somebody else at the time, and then like. We didn't start dating during my class, but I was like, I can tell that we mm. got a little something going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I don't remember if I slid into his DMs or he slid into mine, but we like talked for a long time. And then that thing happened where I was miserable in my relationship. The guy that I was dating, he was great. He was a great guy. Mm-hmm. I was just, we just grew apart, but yeah, he yeah. didn't know that. Ooh. You know what I mean? Damn. And so he's like, I thought we were going to get married. And I'm like, I've been miserable for two years. Um, this kind of story is exactly what Worthless Clowns is every episode. <laughs> the <laughs> <No>. same vibe. <laughs> yeah, no. It's just men being like, just so oblivious to all things. <laughs> and then us being like, you fucking idiot. You fucking idiot. I got the ick two yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It was so bad. I just had no, I had no idea. I mean, there was, he had problems on his end too, where it was like, he was like, um, he grew up in like a really well adjusted, like good family. And then I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like, w- when I would get like upset about things, he just like wouldn't believe. He he just like thought I was being upset because I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. not be not because I had like trauma. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? I get that. And so, um, and then like, you know, there was like two years of that, but he was like a great guy otherwise. We just didn't like gel. 
He just wasn't teaching your 201 class. Yeah, he just wasn't <laughs> teaching my 201 class. And uh, yeah, then I made out with this guy at a bar, broke up with my boyfriend, didn't tell the guy about it, the guy who I made out with. Mm-hmm. Neither party knew about the other person. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Now. Whatever. These, yeah. They're not going to fucking listen to this. They don't this, give a shit if I live or die. Yeah, right. This is all pre-pandemic. Everything, it's uh, etch-a-sketch. Yeah. Pre-pandemic, yes, everything exactly. is erased. <laughs> We're all forgiven. Yeah. And then, uh, like, we dated for, like, nine months. Mm. And I was, like, going to open mics and shit. We dated for nine months, but I, like, would never call him. Like, we never made it, like, official. Yeah. But we, like, hung out constantly. We yeah, saw yeah. each other, like, twice a week. And, like but just never made it official. Yeah, yeah. And then like when the pandemic started, he like had a crisis and then moved back to New Jersey without telling me. Whoa. And then like like we broke up. I br- we broke up in like April or something. Mm. So like the pandemic starts. I'm like, "Are we going to hang out?" And he's like, "I'm in New Jersey." <laughs> also, I'm breaking up with you. And so then I just have no comedy, mm. like the breakup. And then, so then instead of, I just started running six miles a day. Whoa. Because <laughs> nice. I can only operate in extremes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I lost like 20 pounds. Whoa. It, which is crazy. And then once Mike started back up, then I gained all the way back. But nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I was drinking all the fucking time. But yeah. And now um, I was like on a date with, like a few weeks ago, on a date with like another guy who was heavy in the UCB scene. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I used to date an improv teacher. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know. And I'm like, how do people know about this shit? Because they have their own, like, the thing about UCB was it's like it's like a comedy scene that everyone pays to be in. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Can you think of anything more insufferable? Insufferable, sorry. Insufferable. <laughs> uh, being an actor. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> in the hierarchy of garbage, it's like improv then actor. Yeah. I always say yeah. about actors, I'm like, uh, you know, if I was a failed comic, at least I could go to open mics. Yes. Actors have to beg people to let them do their art form. Yes. They have to be like, please have me on the show. No, please. you're so right. Yeah. Shameful. But at least they're hot. That's the thing. Yeah. At least actors are hot some of the time. That's what I think about improv people is like, oh, you guys just weren't, you were actors, you wanted to be actors, but you just weren't hot enough to be actors, so you did improv. Yeah, but the, I mean? I'd say the improv crowd is mm, 10% more attractive than the stand-up crowd. 15% kind of ballpark, because there's a lot more normal well, people energy in improv. Yeah, but also I feel like there's more women, and women on average are more attractive. That's true. That's and true. so, like, I feel like that bumps up your stat a little bit there, bud. Improv <laughs> improv is just, uh, has been cheerleader affected into a higher class of comedy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're like, oh, there's hot chicks in there. There's just a bunch of women in there. It must yeah. be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But also, all of the women who do improv, like, okay, have you noticed this, like, improv stand-up comedians, like, people who do both, like very like Brooklyn scene kind of people, especially women, they all have the same cadence. Yeah. It's like the cadence of Broad City. Yeah. Where they're like, I'm really hot, but I'm a mess. It's like that. Yep. And it's so annoying. It's literally like, I I was talking to someone about this, but I think it's like, it's one of those eras of comedy where people are going to see it and be like, oh, you guys are all from the same scene yes. from these years. Yeah. Also, it's obvious. here's the thing. Like in any art form, like literally in any art form, 
nobody's going to create anything new. Right. Okay. Nobody's going to create anything new. So what you do as like a new artist is you like pull small things from people that you like. Yeah. And you just replicate the things that you like until you're replicating so many things that it becomes your own style. Yeah. But like these people just took, I'm like, you don't, you don't like listen to anybody else. Like I have friends who are like in that scene and I'm like, oh, I went to Mark Norman's wedding and they're like, who is that? And I'm like, how do you, how are how you, do you a not fucking know? stand-up comedian <laughs> and you don't know who Mark Norman is? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I think that these people like only expose themselves to a very specific kind of comedy, which makes them only do that thing. I you think know? Uh, post-pandemic, uh, the scene like 2021, very open, very fun, very chill in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. 2022 was like Brooklyn became like such a microcosm of comedy. It's so, yeah, the Brooklyn scene is so, first of all, all of their shows are great. Yeah. Because every single Brooklyn stand up comedian is at every show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they have crowds, but like the majority of the people there are just other Brooklyn stand up comedians. We all want to be on shows. And yeah, <laughs> but it's also like, if you if every single show is all of your friends, like I just don't think that okay, now I'm just really shitting on these people. Like I don't have any problem with them. I love everybody, okay? Let's I get love this clear. everybody. So- I think they're great. There's a lot of really funny people. However, if you only ever perform for your friends, you're not going to get better. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like I don't think that those people would be able to go to Staten Island and do anything. Most of them. Yeah. You know. I'm doing a, a show in Vermont next month. Hell yeah. Wait, where in Vermont? Burlington? Sugarbush. What the fuck is Sugarbush? Ski Resort. <laughs> Dude, you're the ski comic. Dude, I my first show was at uh, the Aspen Laugh Festival. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. I loved it. It was so dope. I love. I mean, I've been skiing my whole life. Yeah. But I I got offered the spot, and I was like, this is so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> but also, the last time I did a show outside of New York City was uh, Connor actually did a show in Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, and he had wait, was it Rogue that- Island? No, it's just uh, his. It's like his curbside comedy. It was like a show gotcha. he did at. Um, Oh, Newport Brewing, I want to say. Yeah. Connor, um, you got to hook me up with that show, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's I, here now. I live near I live near fucking Rhode Island, yeah. so every time I go home, I give me that give me the connects. And tell you what, uh doing a show in front of a crowd of like 48-year-old white people yes. versus uh Very different. Yeah. Very versus Brooklyn, different. very different. They yep. there were some jokes that hit. Uh now I would do it totally different. So I'm excited to do Sugarbush to see what that's like cuz Yeah. It's like, I feel like I'm so often performing for yes. people who are all in the same age range. You yes. Know? Yeah. And being a good stand-up comedian is being able to make any room laugh. Yeah. Maybe not with the same jokes, but being able to like be intuitive enough of the people who are there in order to perform for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I was actually, it was really funny. I was on a date the other day. I'm always talking. I don't date that much. It sounds like I do, but <laughs> I was on a date the other day. It was More really fun. teachers. This guy, no, he was not an improv teacher. He's a civilian. Nice. <laughs> Thank yeah. fucking God. And like, it was re- it was actually really fun. But like, he was like, what's it like to perform in different parts of the city? And I'm like, well, on Staten Island, you can say the R word. <laughs> and then in Brooklyn, you can't say the R word. But in South Brooklyn, you can. And so, like, I just <laughs> described every part of the city. If yeah. you can say the R word or not. <laughs> And like, yeah, that, that's the thing with these fucking Brooklyn people is like they don't even go to like Manhattan to do stand up. Dude, I you know? straight up I have not really done Manhattan mics since the pandemic because I just every time I went to a Manhattan mic, I was like, 
I want to kill myself. And then every time I go yes. to Brooklyn, Mike, I'm like, it's a hang, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so. I, I still do Manhattan. Um, I have certain jokes that I will bring to Manhattan Mike's. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm yeah. like, because also, here's the thing. I feel like with Brooklyn, like the Brooklyn comedy scene crowds, I think I'm very off-putting to them. Interesting. You know, like I think I'm off-putting. I, I, I can't put on my finger exactly what it is, mm. but like. I think they, like, I'll tell, like, jokes about my dead mom. Yeah. And then everybody will be like, oh. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not here. If I wanted to be pitied, I could go to literally anywhere else. Like, this isn't a fucking TED talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell jokes about my dead mom. Yeah. Or my brother who's been in jail or, like, anything like that. Yeah. Because everybody just feels bad for me over there. Yeah, it's fair. Um, Because they're, like, all empathetic and shit. But then if you go to Manhattan, they'll laugh at anything. Yeah. Anything. I could cut my wrist on stage and they'd love it. <laughs> they'd love it. <laughs> I just, I feel like I'm so traumatized by pre-pandemic lantern mics and like, oh, yeah. like Saturday Jimmy People's mic that I'm yep. like, I'm good, you know, I'm, yeah. all, I'm all right. And I think also because of um, like the Brooklyn scene has become what it is because it was so open and friendly in 2021 that it's like all, and now all the mics in Brooklyn are fun. Everything is a hang, which is yes. just conducive to pulling the whole comedy scene into one area. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword where it's yeah. like, oh, every mic is a great mic, but also sometimes I'll be at mics and I'll be like, why are people laughing at this? Yeah. Are they laughing at this because they want to be on that person's show? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like shit like that. So it like it it comes over and like it is really fun and great and it's very communal, which is awesome. But then sometimes it gets over into this weird thing where it's like they're a little bit like theater people. Yeah. You know, it becomes theater people where they're like where they're like, oh, my God, that was so funny. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't give a shit if I live or die. <laughs> I know that. Don't act like yeah. you fucking like me. I, yeah. I try to only like I only say if things are funny, if a joke real, if I really actually like the joke, like I, mm. that's when I'm like, I want you to know that this is a great joke because yeah, comedians, will, comedians will do jokes that you think are like the funniest fucking thing in the world. And then you'll tell them six months later and be like, I loved that joke you did. And they're like, oh, I just I just don't do that one anymore because it just didn't work. And I'm like, it was amazing. though. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, God. One of the funniest open mic jokes I've ever heard. It's one of my favorite jokes. Mm hmm. I heard it at a probably a Manhattan mic before the pandemic. I do not know this guy's name. Yeah. But he had this one joke where he was like, uh, you know when you're so dehydrated that you pit, your piss comes out in one piece? <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of my favorite jokes yeah. of all time. And it's so gross. Yeah, it's so dumb. And it's so dumb. <laughs> And then there was another one. It was this was also an open mic. Like I hear these fucking great jokes at open mics, and then I never see these people again. I'm like, where the fuck are these people? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's another joke where a guy was like, um, what the fuck is up with Cheerios? Every cereal brand has a mascot, but Cheerios, their mascot is just a bowl of cereal. <laughs> Which sounds like a Norm McDonald joke. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> fuck. Which nobody in Brooklyn knows who that is, but yeah, honestly, uh, I saw him once he died. Like the clip reels, I was like, oh, he's funny, but I didn't. Oh, he's I was one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites. When he died, I was so sad. I have his uh, autobiography. Whoa. <laughs> Which is his autobiography is him, like making shit up about his life. Cool. It's not even. It's not even like him telling stories of his life. It's him like fictionalizing his <laughs> life. It's insane. Damn, that's yeah. cool. That's the issue, I think, with uh, autobiographies in general. 
that people oh, are like, yeah. I want to be remembered as badass. I know, yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, so I slid in on my hog. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if my, like, everyone's uh, autobiography, everyone from the scene's autobiography is going to be like, the years 2021 to 2023, I was the king of Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for all those people to get me too. Oh, Just yeah. like everybody uh, at UCB. Oh, yeah. Everybody at UCB gets me too. Everybody. <laughs> the guy that I dated yeah. got lightly me too'd before I dated him. <laughs> you just walked right past that red flag. You're like, what red flag? I'm colorblind. I didn't hear about it until after we started dating. And then I only heard his side of the story. To this day, I still don't know what the other person's side of the story is. Yikes. <laughs> I think also one, one of the issues... Um, is getting better at comedy, right? When you start out and you're just like a dog shit open micer, you're just going to open mics, maybe have a couple friends but don't really know what's going on and you're just kind of figuring it out. Once you kind of get integrated into the scene and mm -hmm. you start creating stuff, like yeah. you either start like running shows or like what we do, producing podcasts, all these yeah. other things, you start to notice the subtle power dynamics in things oh, and the hierarchy. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And I think when with like UCB, right, all you had to do was be good at improv and mm -hmm. be good enough to be a teacher or yep. all you're you're someone that has something that other people want who do not have easy access to that thing or yes. you're the gatekeeper to the thing. Yep. And when you start establishing these gatekeeper relationships, yes, then the problematic behavior occurs because everyone, everyone in some way will become some type of gatekeeper to a thing. Yeah. Most people are very cool about it and try mm -hmm. to be fair and try to give people opportunity. And there's a select few people that realize the power dynamic and go, hell yeah, I can dude. probably make a move on them. Yeah. <laughs> like, but also yeah. the other thing is like a lot of these guys who are like very good at improv were like so nerdy in high school. Yeah. Like this is another dynamic on top of the dynamic that you were talking about is like yeah. these guys were always fucking losers. Yep. And now all of a the sudden they have all these power, all this power and they're like 32 or yeah. something. And then they have all these like hot young 22 year old girls who want to be like yeah. Abby and Alana from Broad City yep. being like, I want to impress you and shit yep. like that. And then like all that power goes to their head because they don't, know how to fucking deal with it. Yeah. Or I'm not saying that, okay, I'm not like apologizing for their actions, but like- It makes sense. They're like, they're like, finally chicks are into me because I am an improv teacher yeah. at UCB, <laughs> which is like the smallest amount of power that I've ever seen go to somebody's head. Yeah. You know what I mean? It totally makes sense though. Like I yeah. have never felt like, I'm doing air quotes for the audio listener, like cooler than I do yeah. now. Like I've been a massive nerd my whole life. Yeah. And suddenly, after all this time, the things I've do, I do, people just think it's cool. Like yes. these nerdy things I'm into, people are like, "Oh, that's just cool. That's just him." Yeah. And I can, and what it actually is, is like, oh, I found a place where I can just be myself and be valued for being myself. Mm -hmm. Now imagine if I took that and was just like predatory. About yes, it, you I know. know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to be cool? You want people to like you for who you are? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you suck my cock? Yeah. People will think you're real cool then. <laughs> yeah, I could knock uh, four spots off your bringer show if you. Uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you and then points at your dick. <laughs> I remember even God. like even when me and uh, Dobbins were running two virgins, our terrible weekly bar show. Mm -hmm. I'm just, not agreeing that it was terrible no, because I never went. So. It's OK because it was terrible. <laughs> I also had a terrible weekly show. It's OK. Everyone we all should do, do it. it. Yeah, everyone should do it. I almost want to do it again so I can get real good at that crowd work again. But <laughs> like it, it, it was one of those things where it's like people would DM us and I would totally power trip my rule is if you dm me for a spot if i do not know you in person we're not friends i don't I give will, you a spot yeah i leave people on red because i want you to know yes. that i saw it and i'm like yeah nah 
Like. I, I do the same thing. Like people ask me for spots because I run two shows. I used to have a weekly that sucked and then we stopped doing it. And then I have a monthly that's like a good fun show. Yeah. And also everybody, okay, not to be like this, but everybody who is on our monthly show has credits. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It's like a big show. There's a threshold. There's a threshold. And then, and it's, I'm not saying that you have to have credits to be on the show. However, like you have to be as good as people who have credits to be on the show. Like, yeah. Because also like, I'm sure you've seen this. Like you look at a lineup of like a really good show and then you see one person and you're like, why the fuck are they on that yep, show? Yep. <laughs> and I don't ever want to be that show. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a that's a good way to think about it. And like, like I want to be respected amongst comedians mm -hmm. for this show because that's also how you get people to want to be on the show. Yeah. Like, have a good if you one. just put any fucking asshole up, yep. That like people like everybody hates. Yeah. Then like nobody's gonna everybody's gonna think that your show sucks. Yep. You know, or they're gonna be like, oh, they put anybody up on that show. Yep. So you have to like like create an air of like exclusivity yeah. in your lineups essentially in order for people to respect your show because there's so many different shows. Yeah. But then I'll just get like random. There's one comic. I'm not going to say his name, but he, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> I don't know. That's not giving anything You're just away. Like, he's from Greenpoint. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> in there. <laughs> um, they like, message the page message me and then message the other two producers once a month to be like can i be on this show and they're like like there's people who message shows like once a month to be on it like they they're like it's like part of their schedule mm. and i'm like i ask for spots all the time i ask for spots regularly but I also only ask for spots if that person has seen me do stand up. Yeah. If I know the person well enough that I can like if they're like an acquaintance at yeah. least. Yeah. And like these people I've never met before, never seen their stand up. If you send me a tape, I'm not watching that shit. Yeah. Like I'm not dying to find comedians to want to be on this show. I've literally never ever watched a tape except for the first time when me and Lee had our outdoor show. Terrible yeah. outdoor show, but fun. <laughs> Uh, someone sent us like I really would like to be on this show and they yeah. sent us a tape and we were like we had never been sent a tape before mm -hmm. and we were like we watched and we we're like this is bad like and yo why would you send this tape. <laughs> yeah Ugh, I've only sent tapes for shows if I am like traveling like when I went yeah, to yeah, LA yeah. or when I go back to Boston people who don't know who I am right but also I think that the only reason why they watched that tape is because I'm like I'm a stand-up comedian in New York then they want to verify because yes. you saying I'm from New York has a lot of weight. It and matters if you so suck, much. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, when I went to L.A., um, I went to L.A. last February of 2022 with two of my friends who are comedians here in the city mm -hmm. and um, who I was also I know them because they were in the Pappy Parker players. OK, OK. And <laughs> uh, and like. I got so many spots just because I was a New York comedian. And then people in L.A., I found that comedy in L.A. is like everybody there is doing another thing. Yeah. And they're doing comedy on the side. Yeah. And I remember yeah. I would be watching shows that were like good shows that had a crowd and there wouldn't be a punchline for two minutes. Love that. And then I'd fucking, I'd fucking go up with my neurosis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where I have to have laughs constantly yeah. or else I'm not or else I like cut myself after. Yeah. And then I would just like have punchline, 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 punchline. And I'd be murdering yeah. because these people, they're all fucking high or something. <laughs> I 
I love watching LA comics bomb it's in New so York. Insane. It is like, oh, there is not a meal tastier than watching that. And like, I'm like, oh, your city's so great, it never rains. Well, guess yeah. what? Everybody there sucks <laughs> at comedy. Oh, how many followers do you have? Yeah. Oh, you were the only one who sucked on this lineup tonight. I know. That's the other fucking thing about like TikTok comedians. Like, I've fucking been to shows where there's a TikTok comedian headlining, mm. and I'm like, oh, you've just never done stand up in person before, I guess. Yep. Like, yeah. you're good at what you do on TikTok outside of the real world. Yeah. But, like, you can't fucking hold an audience's attention. My one of, one of the things I think about a lot is I like to have a very firm foundation in my skill set. You know, I, like, the whole thing, it's like, I know I move slow, and the journey takes a long time, and it's okay, right? Mm -hmm. There are people who really just start comedy and like start putting stuff out, and they're yes. like, "In my first two years, I want to make something myself." You know? Oh God! And then You're in the wrong business, then yeah, and they just like end up sucking, or like they do take off and then they bomb. But and they it's don't like, sustain. They, they don't have sustain. like they don't have the talent or like the skill set to sustain the attention once they get it. Yes. Yeah. And what's also kind of nice about stand-up comedy is a lot of times like us other comedians will end up like jealous, like, "Oh man." that person is getting that shit yeah but the truth is is the fact that we all know that that person's like a fraud in yes. this yeah is the thing that will define us in the long run like oh these were the people who are actually into comedy who are doing it with yeah. integrity and exactly whatever i don't yeah. know you can't you can't it's, especially if you come to new york as a yeah. quote-unquote comedian yeah, yeah, yeah and headline a show and like it's clear you've never done it like every comedian is like you won't believe what happened at the show last night this of person, course yeah. yeah and then like they, they that's the problem with like all these shows that put on people who just like have a bunch of followers is they're like oh it'll bring people in and i'm like yeah but they're not gonna have a good time it'd be bad yeah. you know what i mean like it, like i literally saw somebody like my friend Aton opened for somebody at the stand mm -hmm. who's like famous on tiktok not even for comedic videos not even really for oh comedic God. videos and like that person like bombed so fucking hard and I'm like, why the fuck would the stand put that person? Of all places. I like... know. Well, I mean, the stand kind of makes, I feel like the stand tries to be like, oh, we're the cool comedy club. Does I, that make sense? I don't know. People are like, you want to go hang at the stand? I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm friends with all the people who hang, hang at the stand all the time, but I don't want to be there. If, if you book me on a show, I will go. And yeah. if I like the people there, I'll say hi. I will never go hang anywhere where I am not like, wanted like i'm not just gonna be like give me in come on give me a spot you know? i know that that feels weird but that's kind of like i've been talking to people and they're like you got to get people at comedy clubs to know you if you ever want to get in yeah it's i think but go with a friend there's a go with a friend who's on a lineup and go hang with them yeah. you know what i mean i know it feels desperate i felt that way about fucking um Look at me giving you advice for no reason. Yeah, I've been like doing I've comedy for four and a half years. Okay, okay well, Allie? I've been doing improv for 15. <laughs> so you can suck my whole dick. Yeah, because that's what networking <laughs> and, and improv nowhere. is, apparently. <laughs> networking and improv is just fucking someone on another team. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. I fucked the teacher. I fucked the guy on a team. Yeah. I fucked a bunch of improv people. And guess what? They were all mean to me. Networking, but... more like sucking and fucking. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I should write a book. Yeah. About stugging and fugging. Improv, a tell-all. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, I don't know. Like, shows is like, I feel like I used to be really stressed out about not being booked very regularly. Yeah. And especially when uh, I started dating Lee, because she would get she gets booked way more than I do, right? It's fine. She's very funny. I love She's her. She's hilarious. She makes me laugh. And also, a, a big part of it is like, 
I talk about this all the time. Like, I'll be at a show and they'll be like, oh, a woman dropped. And I'm like, women drop all the time because they're booked constantly. Yeah. Because if you made it far enough to be funny, then you're going to fucking take off. Exactly. There's just less women. I just accept them. Like, we're just in a different uh, league here where it's just like, my journey is just what it is. Yeah. So I'm just in the, I'm just grateful for spots. And I just Mm -hmm. want to, when I get spots, I just want to do well and have fun and focus on getting better and not stress about trying to fit in or like trying to get a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Then I start feeling gross. So at the end of the day, you would not believe the freaking people who come into this studio as guests on people's podcasts. And I'm like, nice. We get to shake hands. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like people you're fans of, you mean? Not like that big. But like, you know, yeah. like there are like the the thing that's nice about providing something to the community mm-hmm. is that you don't just have access to people at your level. People yeah. above you also like are per- that you perceive as above you yeah. will come in for those things. And then when you meet these people, you're like, we're all just humans. We're, We're just, just trying to make big it. Idiots. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And we just all have the most insane dream of all time. Yeah, most insane dream of all time. Dude, yeah. I fucking think about this all the time. I'm like, I wish I was passionate about like accounting. <laughs> How nice would that be? Sometimes I have like fantasies about just turning into a finance bro. I'm just yeah. like, dude, what if I just sold my soul for like three years and then just like bought a nice place and just yeah. like had enough money oh for whatever? You know? I think about that all the time. I'm like, should I go live in the woods? <laughs> the live in the woods one is good. Dude, should I fucking carve a hole in a tree and live in there for the rest of my life? <laughs> my dog? It Sometimes, would be so simple. Dude, when we take the Amtrak and I see the little towns in the Amtrak yeah. and I'm like, dude, oh. imagine owning this house for like like 80 Eight bucks. <laughs> I could have a whole board game room in my basement. We could like pimp it out, like work remotely. I love that that's the dream. You're like a whole board game Dude, room. Dude, a board game room, that's that's a big one. I mean, that's high on the list. Because I just want a space where I can have all my nerd shit and I can, yeah. you know, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. can't do that in the city. That way, yeah, because I feel like if you're a nerd, then you just have like action figures next to your bed. And so then the ladies are like getting railed. I mean, the ladies. Lee is getting railed oh by you. Oh my God, do not say that on my podcast. At- <laughs> and then looking at Darth Vader. All right. I am marking that in the time so I can cut that. Uh- <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> no, one thing I do appreciate about Lee is that she loves my nerd shit. Oh, good. So That's great. She's like, she just thinks it's cool and fun. So yeah, definitely cutting so that. Sorry. That's why the Brooklyn comics don't like you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because I talk about people getting railed, which we all get you railed. You didn't name a name this whole episode <laughs> until that joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm such a piece of shit. Oh, God. This is why Brooklyn comics don't like me, right? <laughs> you know what? Noted. I'm going to take that to my therapist Yeah. Um, after this session. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It's like, uh, you know. Just it's cool being a New York comedian. It's cool being uh and Honestly, wanted, I wanted love to it. do it earnestly. It's yeah. very cool. I talk shit about it all the time, but yeah, it's my favorite thing to do. It's the best. It's like just a blast. Oh, and it's so insane. You get to experience all sorts of weird shit and cool stuff you have never otherwise known even existed. Dude, also the people in stand up uh, like one of my favorite things is that like there's so many different kinds of people from so many different parts because like stand up is not like a thing that like only a certain kind of person is into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's funny people yeah. in all walks of life and all ages and from all different backgrounds and shit. And you just meet the fucking craziest people. Yeah. And I love that. I love that part of it. I love it too. What's, what was nice when I started in Boulder was mm-hmm. that. 
Yeah. There's like a whole age spectrum of people. Yes. A di- background spectrum. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like we're all coming together. Mm-hmm. And then when I came here, it's still that. But what I like about it also is there's more people that are my age, you know, so I get to feel oh, like more gotcha. like, oh, OK, yeah, I can I can firmly say I didn't I feel like I didn't have like a college like party mm-hmm. experience. Right. Like I went to parties and stuff, and whatever. Yes. But I didn't have that like college thing. Yeah. I feel like now the summers in New York City comedy. Oh, this, these are my college years where I'm yes. like, how many birthday parties we have to go to this week? I know. <laughs> like, and they're all outside and there's like a roast. Like yeah. people are being roasted and shit. Yep. Yeah. And it's all just like, oh, they all have buckets of White Claw. Okay. I know. Well, let's go crazy. <laughs> yeah. People are like smashing cans on their head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. Awesome. Well, Allie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for this having me, dude. Great talking I'm to you. I'm so glad that I was your third choice of guest today. Second. Oh, that's nicer yeah, than you, I thought. You were just the first backup. Oh. I, went, I went through everyone thought first about it. First backup. Yeah. And guess what? If somebody ever drops from our podcast, I'll Dude, I got all I'll sorts you know. of embarrassing shit to oh, share. Oh, I would love to talk about it, dude. Oh, my God. All right. Allie, where can people find you? Um, You can find me on my podcast that I produce here at um my friend's basement studio. It's called Worthless Clowns. Follow us on Spotify. You can listen to it. Follow us on Instagram on Worthless Clowns. And then my personal Instagram is it's Ali O'Neill, I-T-S-A-L-I-O-N-E-I-L. Nice. All right, guys, go follow Ali. Go listen to Worthless Clowns. It's very funny. I listen to it every week because I'm recording it. Uh, very good podcast. Go check it out. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And uh, subscribe, follow, comment, all the, all the above. And uh, I'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye.